are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Hey, welcome to Sunday Broadcast. You might not be watching on YouTube. You're probably watching on Rumble. Actually, I'm just going to check real quick to see if I can get someone. Oh, Misty is there. Thank you, Misty, for being here. And yes, we've got a Sunday show off of YouTube because whenever I have a strike that's about to disappear, it seems that they just hit me with another one. I guess I'm in the danger zone, folks, but today the gospel will continue and it is on all platforms except for YouTube, of course. So welcome. Got a really good one today for you. The chapter is chapter two of First John, and I have labeled it, Jesus is the decode. I think I saw some unique stuff in this. Uh, it's stuff that's obviously you already know, but um, it's just an interesting way to look at things. Uh, because I don't think I'm going to get copyright strikes on uh, this particular channel, I'm going to play a song to you before we get going that uh, I couldn't play on YouTube, and that's because I would get copyright strikes. Um, I chose this particular song. First of all, it's a great song. But if you remember last week in the Rick Joyner uh, show and there was some really disturbing video at the end and the drums seemed very voodoo hypnotic and stuff like that and you know I know there's a whole school of thought out there that says we shouldn't use drums in worship and stuff like that I actually don't agree with that I think that there is a way to do it and music carries the spirit of the author and this particular song uh, which is Sing Your Praise to the Lord by Rich Mullins, has very good percussion all the way through it. And I believe that it is a way to use percussion that is one of many ways that is edifying of the Lord and of the song. And so I don't want anyone to have a religious spirit and say, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. God invented the drums. He invented percussion. He gave you a heartbeat. So without further ado, let me uh, just share my screen and I'll come back to you in a moment with the study of John. Uh, this song is actually five and a half minutes long, so a little bit longer than normal, but you're going to love it. It's going to bless you. I'm confident in that. Thank you. 
your praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord. I could never tell you just how much good that it's gonna do you just to sing. I knew the song your heart learned to sing when he first gave his life to you. But it goes on and so must the song you gotta sing again. Someone in your soul when you first gave your heart to him Sing his praises once more, sing your praise to the Lord Come on everybody, stand up and sing one more Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord I could never tell you just how much good that it's gonna do you Just to sing aloud the song someone is dying to hear Down in the madding crowd you once thought before you heard the song You gotta let them know The truth is a light to shine upon the way That maybe they could go And sing his praises once more Sing your praise to the Lord Come on everybody, stand up and sing one more Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord I could never tell you just how much good That it's gonna do you just to sing Your praises to the Lord and everybody sing your praises to the Lord. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sinks. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. His glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits in think of that i noticed in the chat on rumble that a few people really really dig that tune and so do i uh bear with me for just one moment i have to do some juggling of the screens adding in a live on rumble has put in a layer of complexity <laughs> that uh i need to do some adjustments here so just bear with me for one moment All right, that should do it. Heavenly Father, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to read the Word of God. 
Lord Jesus, we don't understand all these things, but you are the manifest word of God. So when we read these words in this book, we are actually experiencing the person of Jesus Christ through revelation of your Holy Spirit that we have now that we are in this new covenant with you. Father, I know the responsibility it is to go through your scriptures and to expound on them. So, Father, I give the Holy Spirit full permission to work through me. And if any of my fleshly things come out that are not of God, are not edifying of you, the person of Jesus Christ, or the scriptures, Lord, I pray it falls on, falls off of their ears. And Father, as we experience these troubles with the different platforms that are out there, Lord, I pray that you extend our tent. Lord, you help to not only replenish, but to further extend us. And Father, I give thanks for all those who support the show, Lord Jesus, and I pray you bless them. It's up to you, Lord. It's only up to you. You are the provision for us all. In Jesus' name, I pray for the understanding and a particular message for each individual person to come from this particular chapter of your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. And welcome to those of you who are watching on Facebook, even. <laughs> nice to see you here. Uh, we are on Facebook as well, at Real Right On Radio is what you where you'll find us on Facebook, at Real Right On Radio. Um, so Jesus is the decode, and you have to understand that this particular chapter, John is writing, and he gives it away right the very beginning when he says my little children he is writing to believers it's not unbelievers but when he says my little children i suspect and what i read out of this is he's reading to newer believers and what i was praying before we before the lord told me to do the book of john um i really wanted something that was a foundational type teaching but does not leave those of you who have known Christ and know his word probably better than I do, uh, starving for meat. And I believe this, the Lord answered my prayer with this book. And it also really ties in with the series that we're doing, uh, which is the new series at the current time of this recording is called Poker Face. And it's called that because some of these people are purposefully deceiving you. And there's a warning even in this chapter. And I say purposefully because they put it in their books. They do all kinds of things and they are really giveaways um, and blatant giveaways. So we'll be featuring them. And again, it's not to condemn any man. That's not my job, but it is our job to correct doctrine and to make sure that less people are deceived. And uh, how do we do that? We point them to the Bible and you become the Berean. So without further ado, this is First John chapter 2. I will read it in its entirety and then we will start to look at some of the information and highlight it. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. By this we know that we have come to him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. For whoever fo follows his word, in him the love of God has truly 
being perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says that he remains in him ought himself also walk just as he walked. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says that he is in the light and yet hates his brother or sister is in darkness until now. The one who loves his brother and sister and remains in the light and there is nothing in him to cause stumbling. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you on the account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God remains in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world, nor the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out, so that it would be evident that they are not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar except the one that denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you heard from the beginning remains in you. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. Uh, Lord bless your word. This chapter seems to contradict itself on face value until you really look at it and study the word and understand what John is saying and this is just such a blessing this is this is to build your faith up and for you to have faith in your salvation so let's just start with the very first verse i am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. We are called not to sin. 
But as you're going to see throughout this chapter, God knows that you are still going to be a sinner. And that's why he continues to say, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. What does it mean to have Jesus as an advocate? Well, it's really quite simple. Um, and unfortunately, I think many people know the word advocate in the modern vernacular as being like a lawyer. And if you look at it in the modern vernacular, it sounds like every time you sin, Jesus has to go and say, Dad, 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 no, 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 I got him. It's not like that. And actually, verse 2 answers it. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only. So the propiti propitiation... Um, I didn't look up the word, but to me, it sounds very much like ongoing. It's an it's ongoing. You know, before you were saved, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He knew that after you got saved, you were going to sin, and so was I. And yet Jesus said, I forgive him. Knowing that you're going to continue to sin even with the Holy Spirit in you. Now, we don't want to sin. And when we do sin, we should have that conviction. And when we do have that conviction, we sin, we sin less. But then the second part of verse 2 says, but also for the sins of the whole world. And this is interesting, and I've heard New Age-type people, you know, they, they kind of, they claim that Jesus isn't God, but yet they'll use a verse like this to say, everybody's got the Holy Spirit. You're born with it. That's the... Actually, to, to quote Nancy Pelosi, the spark of divinity that is in you. And it's true, you do have a spark of divinity. That's the life force that God granted you when you were conceived. But I think what it's referring to here is the capacity of Jesus' blood. If every single person who was ever born into this fallen world would repent of their sin and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, the capacity of the blood, there is not a limit on it. It's like, okay, no, we can only do 10 billion people. Uh, after 10 billion, sorry, it's full. Jesus' house has many rooms. He would not have said that unless it was true. And God also says that the Father desires that none should perish. God doesn't want one person to perish. He knows it's going to happen. He's the beginning and the end. But the capacity of Jesus' blood is far beyond anything that we can imagine the weight that was put on him when he carried it down to hell and delivered it. Because your sin has to remain down there. It cannot be a part of God. It cannot follow you into heaven. And there's a bunch of other stuff that won't follow you into heaven, which we're going to get into as we continue on. By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says... 
I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So are we to perfectly keep the Ten Commandments? Because those are the commandments, right? Well, I'd, I'm going to suggest to you, yes, we are supposed to keep all of those commandments. So what happens if you don't keep, you know, a Sabbath? We're in a new covenant, and you have to understand that. It does not mitigate the Ten Commandments. It's true. But a murderer can be forgiven for his sins. And the thing is, you can't, you can't say, I'm going out to break all his commandments because I have, then it's not in you. If you're purposely going to do it because you think you can, you don't have salvation. It's almost like a self-test, I believe, is what he's writing here. But whoever follows his word, in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. Because you are perfected when the Holy Spirit comes into you. Yes, your sin, your flesh is still fallen. Your nature is still fallen. You still live in a fallen world. world. But the Holy Spirit is perfect. And the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Unless your sins were already forgiven, the Holy Spirit could not dwell in you. Did you hear that? But I'm a sinner. How can the Holy Spirit be in me? Because your sins are forgiven. And that's what brings the conviction of sin. You want to obey his... If he is Lord of your life, you want to obey his commandments. Because to be subject to a Lord means he's in charge. And, you know, just think about in your workplace, if you disobeyed everything your boss said, your boss is going to get you out of there. But this isn't the world. And the kingdom doesn't work the way the world does. The Holy Spirit is full of grace, joy, self-discipline. It doesn't mean that we won't experience the different things. Sometimes we'll feel jealous. Sometimes we'll feel, feel anxious. It's okay. Hand it over to the Lord. And by this, we will know that we are in him. The one who says that he remains in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. You know, Jesus obviously set the perfect example for us on this earth. There was no one before him and there's no one after him, not even great apostles like John or Paul. But we remain in him, and God has actually given us all the tools to walk just like Jesus. It is possible, but we will all miss the mark because if you just had one thought wrong if you told one lie you have missed the mark and no one escapes those traps but we can live holy just as jesus did and the holy spirit and gives us all the tools we need from the father hallelujah Then he goes on to say, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. 
The old commandment is the word which you have heard. And on the other hand, I'm writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So in this, and John likes to talk about darkness and light a lot, if you haven't noticed, if you've read the Gospels and things like that. But what's beautiful about this is we he's basically telling that we are in the new covenant. We are in the new covenant, and the true light is already shining. Once Jesus completed his work on the cross, what did he say? It is done. It is complete. And the true light of this world is shining. It is shining now. Ever since he rose again and defeated death and sin. The one who says that he is in the light and yet hates his brother or sister is in darkness until now. The one who loves his brother and sister and remains in the light, there is nothing in him to cause stumbling. So you have to understand what he's saying here. You cannot... The greatest commandment, what was Jesus said, you know, love your God first, because obviously you cannot have any other God before him, but love your neighbor. That includes your family. We cannot hate. We can hate what someone does, but if you hate, if you have legitimate hate in your heart for someone, you need to get into his word and get into it fast and hand it over to the Lord. Because you know what? You might already still be saved. I'm not, I'm not the one to say if you are or not. But hate should not dwell in your heart. There's righteous anger. All those things are true. But when you can forgive someone, that is for you. It's not for the other person. It might help the other person eventually come around, but it is to release that from your spirit. And there is nothing in him to cause stumbling. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are completely able to pass every one of these temptations. You are perfectly able. Whether you're strong enough to choose, because it's always a choice, well, that's up to you. And we're all works in progress. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eye. And don't forget, so this letter is just showing you the contrast between us and the world. And it clarifies that as we get into the next passages. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you on account of his name. It didn't just say your past sins. It says your sins have been forgiven, reinforcing what I said earlier. And then I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. It's interesting why he's saying to fathers there. Lord, give me revelation. Because I still don't have exactly why you've put that in. And I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Well, the young men one seems pretty obvious to me. Um, 
this might be an unfair comment because, and, and I've never been a woman. I've never identified as a woman, obviously. Um, I know lots of women. Um, in fact, I have more women in my life than I have men in my life. But men, I think, go through greater temptations than women. This is my opinion. We are more compelled to fight, for instance. Um, as a young man in particular, you know, when you late teenager, that sort of thing, and in your 20s, as a man, there's a, there's a part of you that's thinking more than, than your head. <clears throat> and it is a powerful force. Uh, not every person is subject to that um, publicly, but I think even secretively, uh, every man goes through this, or most. Then he reinforces, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God remains in you and you have overcome the evil one because the word of God, and this isn't just for men, this is for women too, because the word of God is in you, you have overcome the evil one. How did you do it? That sounds like an act of works. Well, first of all, we have all the tools to overcome the evil one. But you actually did have to do a work. And that work was to choose Jesus Christ as the Son, as your Savior, and sign over the ownership of your life. For someone to become Lord of your life, you have to understand that is the salvation message. It's re repent of your sin and have sign over ownership of your life, and then serve the Lord. Well, how do we serve the Lord? Verse 15, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Remember, he said this world is passing away. But you can think, well, I do love the world. I love the beauty. I love the majesty of his creation. I go hiking and I see the beautiful thing. I hear the birds singing. You're not loving the world. When you do that, you're loving the Lord and his creation. It's the things of the world that are contrast to God. For all that is in the world, this is interesting. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Three things are listed here. I had never seen this until I was studying before, but remember just recently we covered the three temptations of Jesus. Those are the three temptations. The lust of the flesh was when he, he was starved for 40 days. He was fasting. The devil said, turn that rock into bread. It's a flesh thing. Feed your flesh. Now, there's nothing wrong with desiring food. That desire is put into us to keep us alive. Same with the desire for companionship. That was put into us. Those are good things. But there's a biblical context in how to satisfy these things. Because... The Lord wants you to be satisfied in all things, but it's how you satisfy it. Do you satisfy it with the world? So Jesus could have been tempted by Satan and just created bread. But Jesus said, it's not 
only food is the word of God. He answered it with scripture. And then the lust of the eyes. Satan took him up to see all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, these can be yours. I want that. I want that new Cadillac. I want that beautiful house. I want that. It's okay to desire these things. But don't love them. Don't put them above God. Don't put anything above God. Be satisfied with what God has supplied you. And the last one was the boastful pride of life. When he brought him to the top of the Temple Mount, and Jesus, he said, Jesus, why don't you just jump off? The angels will catch you. You can float down, you know. Man, listen, if I, if I was that guy, huh, look at me, you know, big crowds. It'd be pretty cool to do a big levitation act, right? Everyone would love you. It'd be impressive. And it just seems to me, when you think about it, when you think about sin in general, don't all of them fall in every sin fall into these three categories? The Bible is very simple. Well, how does murder fit in? That's a lust of the flesh. You've got a bloodlust. But, you know, sexual sin, lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. You can have haughty eyes. You can be desiring. You could be covetous. You can be jealous of what your neighbor has. And pride. Look, everyone wants to be recognized in some capacity. We need encouragement. Again, there's a worldly way to look at it, and there's a biblical way to look at it. What type of encouragement do you need? Do you need encouragement to constantly tell you how beautiful you are? Or do you need encouragement with the word of God, saying how important you are to, to the Lord our God? Verse 17, the world is passing away and also its lusts. When Jesus died and rose again, the clock started ticking and this world is passing away. Nothing man has ever built has stood the test of time. Even till now, nothing. But the one who does the will of God will continue to live forever. Praise the Lord. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now, many antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that it is the last hour. So, I don't think there could have been an antichrist in the Old Testament before Christ, because there was no Christ. There were evil people. But an antichrist is someone who rejects Christ. Now, he's obviously framing the true Antichrist, which is going to be the indwelling of Satan. But he then goes on to say, even now, even now, so that's now present time, terms when John was writing this, and present time now. There are men, many antichrists have appeared. Now, he's going to give more detail on what he's talking about here specifically. But I just want to give you a reality from, from the understanding that I have of the scriptures. If you or someone you know, I should say, 
could be the greatest person in the world, charitable, kind, loving, but they do not accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are an antichrist. You, before you accepted Jesus in your heart, may have been an antichrist. Now, some of you have known him since you were a child and you just didn't say that prayer until a certain time. But someone who willingly, I'd say at an adult age, that chooses not to accept Jesus Christ, has heard the gospel and rejected it, is an antichrist. From this, we know that we are in the last hour. And then verse 19, I think of the Right On Radio community here, actually, um, just from my small purview of the world. But it says, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who's left the Right On Radio community is not born again. I did not say that. I will not say that. Some people just have a different way of looking at things. Uh, look, there's Pentecostals, there's Baptists, right? Um, not everyone, because we don't fellowship with everyone that's born again. We do have things in common, but sometimes you might change churches because you feel like you should be somewhere else. That's okay. But what he's talking about here was the deceivers among us. If they had been of us, they would have remained in us, but they went out so that it would be evident that they are not of us. So there's Judas's that creep in. Judas was an antichrist, and yet he was an apostle. He was, he was in charge of the money. He was right there with the teachings, probably highly respected because he walked around with Jesus. There are antichrists in our midst, even now. And they'll write good things. I'm sure Judas, up until that point, did all good things, you know, put on the show. But we really know where his heart was. And the Lord will show you evidence because they can't stay with us forever. They will show their cards. Verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you all know I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is in the truth. I want to make a really interesting point here. He's not giving you a new commandment. He's telling you an old one, but there's a new one. There's a new covenant. But here, you have an anointing from the Holy One. He's talking to born-again believers here. I want you to hear this. You have an anointing. Of course you do. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. All things and all godly knowledge, all of it, has been given to you. Or it is given to you and you have to press in and get to greater depths in the word of God. You know, there's some prophets and some teachers, some authors that run in the Christian circles that have just discovered this new thing in God. 
It's a new revelation. Take my course. It's a new revelation. You can only get this from me, and you can get this from me because I have an anointing that's from God. I'm a prophet, or I have an anointing because of my background. That you, I can see things that you can't see, some will say. They don't have anything on you. You have the anointing. Some of you might be thinking right now, and it came to my mind, so probably some of you are thinking this, but Jeff, you sell courses. I don't sell a new revelation. I'm very clear with, for instance, my money course, that it is based on the word of God. And all it is, is God has allowed me to use my talents to put it together in a simple explanation way. So what when you're buying that, you're not buying a secret. You're buying the time I put in studying and, you know, cutting down years of study for you. Same with new goggles. There is no new revelation in new goggles. The Lord just gave me a way to reorder the information and to maybe make it faster for you to have a greater revelation of his word. There's nothing special about me. I just put in a lot of work. If you were to meet John the Apostle or Paul, I'll bet you your spiritual level of knowledge, if you walked with them, would go up exponentially really, really fast. And I'm not claiming to be in those categories. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm just telling you, there is no new revelation. So whenever, and the prophets of today, especially these Nar prophets, which we're covering, they always say God is doing a new thing. A new thing. But God can do something new. But I don't think there's any new revelation. Don't add into the book. I have not written you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie is in the truth. Who is the liar except the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. So who is the liar? Where do lies come from? They come from Satan. And if you deny, or if someone you know, again, could be the most charitable person in the world, most loving person in the world, but they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are a liar and they are an antichrist. And they need your prayer because you have been anointed to pray for them. As for you, see that what you heard from the beginning remains in you. If you had heard from the beginning remains in you, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. To remain in God. Wow. Do you understand the depth of what that means to live in the Son and in the Father? We are family with them. We are yoked with them. Jesus is our advocate. Holy Spirit is our advocate to Jesus. Jesus is our advocate to the Father. One day, all these things will be revealed, and it is going to be absolutely glorious.
Well, praise the Lord. I got through an entire chapter. I'm just looking at chat here quickly. I wasn't able to look at it during the broadcast. Two-edged sword. Yeah, beautiful comment, sweet Southern girly. I can't put them on. They don't come into my streaming platform from, from uh, Rumble, unfortunately. Amen. W was I on the mark today? Did I say anything wrong? I just want to go through because... Oh. Trump neck vag. That's kind of a rude comment. I don't know if uh, it might have been complimentary and just a little bit crude. Could be, could have just meant fear of the Lord. So praise God. Shahid just put prophecy doesn't only mean predict, it also means forth under divine inspiration. Speaking forth was God had already revealed. Amen. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way I see it. Well, thank you everyone for being here. May God bless you. Um, I was really blessed yesterday, if I can share a quick testimony. I was extremely tired last night and I only joined Singapore very late and I was just yawning like crazy. <laughs> Had a long day. Um, but yesterday, April 1st, it was about 50 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, 12 degrees Celsius for those of you who understand that. And after a Canadian winter, that feels like 70. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I got out and uh, got on my motorcycle for the first time of the year. Now, today it's freezing cold again, but whatever. Um, got out on my motorcycle and just enjoying being out in the elements again. And there was this one moment, it was pretty overcast, but there was one moment when the sun came out and... Uh, there was a Beach Boys song that came on my radio right at that time. And it was, <laughs> look, I know it's secular music, but man, you know, um, this is the uh, music for me in many ways is the soundtrack or the picture album of my life. Um, different songs bring me to different times and places in my life. And it was just a, real moment of joy. I get people would have noticed if you looked at me, I, there was a smile from ear to ear and, uh, it was a real blessing. So I don't know why I shared that with you, but just, there are good, good moments in life. And I guess, you know, we don't want to live in this world. I guess that's part, probably where it came from, but we are in this world. And we can have joy because we're not of this world. We have a joy that the rest of the world can't understand. Because we live in Jesus and in the Father. Praise the Lord. Hey, um, if you haven't yet, please do go to... Uh, actually, just send me an email. There might be trouble with the software. Um, if you want to go to My Liberty Stand, uh, one of the things that's really, really cool is um, we're getting into food. Uh, not only all the stuff on your grocery store, like there's a lot of health stuff and things like that. And there's vitamins, there's cleaners, there's, you know, stuff that you have to buy every single month. But now... Um, a higher quality beef than you will be able to buy anywhere else and at preferred pricing. And you can only do it if you join us at mylibertystand.com or so go to writeonjeff at gmail.com rather writeonjeff at gmail.com. Just send me an email. It's the easiest way. And, uh, and I'll make sure myself or someone else 
contacts you. And uh, we're not going to have supply chain issues. Um, it's we're, we're in control of it. And we've really created a great Christian community where we support each other in this. And uh, it's just a really good thing. So send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com. God bless each and every one of you. And remember, in the meantime, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.